to working with the third contemplation. Extending our interest in the breath and in the body, extending it a bit. being sensitive to the whole body as we breathe in and as we breathe out. One way of approximating or developing that ability is to first work with the body in segments, as we did last week. slightly different version today, tonight. Stationing your attention at the nostrils, picking up the breath there. beginning with the top of the head, the sense of the top of the head, feeling whatever is there to be felt while breathing in and while breathing out. down into the face, forehead and the face, just that whole front part of the, what we call the head. Include the jaw, the 
this body scan is similar to others that perhaps most if not all of you have already done the only difference being that the contemplation of the particular part of the body is carried out while breathing in and while breathing out. The breath, the breath slips somewhat into the background, but it's still very much part of our attention. As we move to the back of the head, picking up whatever sensations present themselves to us. not trying to make anything happen. Simply a broad, open attentiveness to the back of the head without losing touch with our breathing. Continuing our journey through the body, we move into the neck. Moving from the back of the head right into the neck. While breathing in and breathing out. If the mind strays from the part of the body that we're examining, very gently easing back to it. Coming around now into the throat.
placing mindfulness in the area of the throat. And at the same time, knowing that we're breathing in and knowing that we're breathing out. Continuing our tour by moving into the right shoulder. the right arm. While breathing in and breathing out.
on into the right hand, the whole hand, taking it one finger at a time, including the back of the hand and the palm. and on into the left shoulder. Being sensitive now to whatever we feel in the left arm, remaining fully aware of the breathing at the same time. Don't force the mind to be overly precise, rather a broad and open kind of attention. Precision will come on its own. As our attention to the breathing develops, and as we become more comfortable encompassing both the breath and the part of the body we're examining. On into the left hand now.
course things may be happening in the mind. You may know it, but keep being with the body. On into the chest, the region of the chest. All the while, staying in contact with the breathing. and on into the middle part of the body. Front part. in the lower part of the body. Pelvic and genital area. Staying in touch with the in-breath and the out-breath.
on your own sometimes as you sweep down through the body you may find a place that seems to need more attention interesting that you want to investigate of course you could just stop focus attention on that part while breathing Taking mindfulness to the back now. The upper back. Be mindful of it while breathing. the middle part of the back lower back bringing full care and attention to the lower back without losing our connection connection we have with the in-breath and the out-breath
tune into the right product. and the left part. The primary focus is the part of the body. Taking our attention now into the right thigh. Include the knee. Down into the leg. Finishing up with the whole foot, the whole right foot. into the left buttock, rather the left side. the knee, 
leg. Finally, the foot. up. With a very open and broad awareness of the whole body sitting. Not a concept, not an image. Simply a mode of attention that encompasses the entire body. whatever you experience and of course include the breathing and here we're just feeling the whole breath wherever we feel it not limited to any place in particular open to the full expanse of breathing this develops it's a bit like filling up the body with awareness and then experiencing the breathing as part of that all-encompassing body awareness. Sometimes you may even feel as if the breath sensations are present throughout the entire body. Don't make that happen. Just be open right now, putting all the pieces together, the broad open awareness of the whole body in the sitting posture, breathing. To do this may take a little bit more effort. Please check so that that effort is not forced.
strain to feel anything, simply be present through the breathing body and allow that process, the aliveness of the body, the aliveness of the breath, to have whatever impact it has to register. Be like a photographic plate, taking it all in, but not trying to do anything. while being in touch with the whole body, sensitive to the whole body while breathing. Can you see any of the qualities of the breath? Some of which we've already talked about. Coarseness, fineness, length, and so forth. you're able to see the breath and change, you see any corresponding changes in the body. Either the sense of the whole or a particular part. third contemplation is mainly a continuation from what we've been doing in the first two, only with more precision, more emphasis on the distinction between the breath as a conditioner of the body and the body itself, the flesh body any relationships between the two. The flow goes both ways, but for right now we're very interested in how the breath 
conditions the body. The breath as a body conditioner, kaya sankara. The condition of the body being very linked to the way the breath is. The conditioning being what happens. Do they both go coarse together? Do they both go fine together? Seeing the intimate relationship between the breath and the body, how the breath nourishes, sustains, influences the body. Anapanasati is the study of nature. A piece of nature, one of the laws of nature. Like so many laws hidden until we discover it, we see a certain lawfulness. We're particularly interested in understanding those aspects of nature that affect fulfillment or suffering in life. There's nature. As we look closely, we can see that nature has a certain lawfulness to it. There's an intelligence at work in the universe. that if our actions are proper, are in accordance with these laws, all kinds of fulfillment, human fulfillment is possible. And when we're ignorant, We don't benefit as we might, and sometimes we even suffer unnecessarily. This third contemplation having to do with a, a, a deeper understanding of the body, our body. Whatever we can learn about the breath, the breath body, flesh body and the intimate relationship between the two. Being especially sensitive to deep, fine, soft, pleasant breath, seeing what impact they have on the body. laying the groundwork for the fourth contemplation. 
where we'll, you'll be interested in an even more specific way which breathing and the state of the body are linked. Don't worry about it. There's just see what you see, but um, there's definitely a direction. Uh, as this whole process unfolds, you'll be experiencing more of the breath sensations throughout the whole body. But don't try to make anything happen. Let me um, come at this from another angle. Let's say in terms of various uh, other approaches to the breath, let's say many of the forms of yoga and breath therapy. A healthy breath, uh, when the breath starts to become healthy, you can experience, you know, we've been working on the whole breath. But not only do you experience it more as, let's say, one dimension being deep, as it goes up and down, or in and out, however you want to feel it. But uh, it becomes three-dimensional. That is, not only does it become deeper, but you can feel it to the sides and to the front and to the back. So this sort of volume becomes much more uh, accessible to you. Now, don't try to put the breath anywhere. Don't try to put the breath in your hands or anywhere else. If you feel it there, if you feel sensations that seem to be uh, part of the rhythm of the breathing, good. But the main thing now is to stay with the breath, uh, be sensitive to the body and begin to see ways in which they're intimately related. That's what this particular contemplation and the fourth even more so is concerned with. And what you're saying is familiar to me. That is, uh, for example, even if we didn't work with the breath, if you went through the body, you'd find that some parts of the body are numb or frozen. You don't feel anything there. Blank. And in other parts of the body, you can feel quite vividly uh, since a life there of sensations. But as the practice uh, proceeds, the body becomes more transparent. As the samadhi develops, you penetrate more deeply into the body, experiencing what, let's say, at one point would be frozen. Suddenly it thaws out, it comes to life. Sometimes in certain sittings, you know, the whole body is transparent. You're just sitting there. And available to you. See, your, let's say your hand is transparent and in, your, in your turn. And the body quite naturally will open up as you do this more and more. Now, one byproduct is clearly an increase in physical health, stamina and energy. This one I know well. I have felt this and I've worked with it for quite a long time. Now, that's part of what we're doing. But the main thing is, as we affect the body, through the breath. You see, uh, kaya sankara, the breath is a conditioner of the body. It's very important to understand three aspects of that. That is, the breath is, kaya sankara has three meanings, depending on the context. One is, uh, the breath, uh, the, bo the breath as a bodily body conditioner. The other is, the body as being, as conditioned, the condition that it's in because of how it's being conditioned. And the third is the process of the breath working on the body. 
And this third contemplation can be considered mastered or done adequately when we begin to see that process at work. You can sometimes see it in one breath or even or one or two breaths. You breathe in, you breathe out, and you can see that the, the, the way the breath is or the way the breath has changed has an immediate impact uh, on the body. In my own case, one of the most common is I'll think I'm sitting in a very relaxed way. And then as and, and I'm staying with the, the breathing, just at the nose or wherever, or following it all the way down, and suddenly the breath will become longer and more fine, and the shoulders will drop. I didn't know that I was, that I was holding. You've experienced that? Yeah. So that's one way in which uh, the breath is conditioning the body. Remember that the, uh, the root conditioning of the body is that the body is alive in the first place because there's breath in it, but it doesn't end there. So that the breath is affecting the body. And one of the things we're attempting to learn in this third is more and more, now it's been suggested right from the first day, I think, or the second meeting, but now it's more precise and we're leading into the fourth where what we're going to be mainly concerned with <coughs> is the way in which the breath calms the body. We're very interested in the body becoming calm because as the body becomes calm, the mind becomes calm. And this is a, this uh, develops samadhi. So we've been gradually moving in the direction. By and large, the first four contemplations is largely a samadhi practice. But you can never do samadhi without there being some wisdom. And I'd like to talk to that in a moment if we have time. Also, you can never do any vipassana work without there being some samadhi. But let's say right now, this, what's being emphasized is the development of calm abiding. We're just doing it very slowly and thoroughly. Anyone learning anything about the breathing, anything about the relationship of the breathing to the body along the lines that were just suggested? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. But remember, it's not necessarily the breath. Uh, sometimes it's more accurate to call it breath sensation. See, what's happening is uh, we're breathing and the lungs are filling and emptying, filling and emptying, and that sets off reverberations. So what you're feeling are movements caused by the breathing. But it's all right. I, I, I just, it's not literally. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, at a subtle level, that's all it is. What it is. It's not, it's not an arm. It's a field of energy. Now, I know some of you have already experienced that, let's say on retreats. You don't have to get to it through Anapanasati. It's just that this is a systematic way of working, using the breath as the focal point for the whole practice. So it's a practice. Anyone else? Any of you very deep, silent people? Mm -hmm. I hear silence is very... Sure. Yes, uh, the, actually the instructions in daily life it's very different once we leave the hall or once we leave the sitting posture. 
and is, is you don't have to be pinpointed. Uh, wherever you pick it up is fine, and it's artful. Each person will have to work that out. As I mentioned, it tends to locate itself a lot here for me, and so very often this is so accessible, it's easy for me. But that's not true for everyone, and it's not even always true for me. Yes, yeah. Just, just pick up, it's just anything, it's sort of like grasping onto a life raft. Just wherever you're feeling the breath, feel it. And that can help you as you're doing whatever you're doing. Anapanasati is, one of its meanings is contemplating nature while breathing in and breathing out. So that technically, you know, you could, let's say, be, be reflecting, should I fill out my income tax tomorrow or should I wait till Monday? While breathing in and breathing out. It might help you do that. But clearly, what we're interested in is uh, something else. That I'm not excluding that, because it can help you be clear about anything you're doing. It's more especially directed towards uh, aspects of our life, dhammas, phenomena, which have to do with suffering or fulfillment. Now, the calming of the body, as we're doing now through the calming of the breath, and that will pick up, I hope, We'll be, we'll be doing this for a few more weeks, has to do with uh, rendering the mind fit to investigate itself. We haven't done any, in an explicit way, any straight vipassana yet. We've been mainly working on the samadhi aspect of this. Of course, I hope some wisdom has crept in anyway. We're not trying to keep it out. We can use all that we can get. Anyone else learn anything or have any questions about this? Yes. Feeling myself in the body? I don't I don't I don't recall saying that. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time I didn't remember what I said. <laughs> Filling the body up with awareness? Just say what you do have to say. Yeah. What do you mean by that you'll have to make that a little more concrete? When you space out or when you're in the body? Okay. But more profound, it's becoming more obvious to you? Good. Which is preferable? Where do you feel better? When you're spaced out or when you're right there? Uh-huh. And when you're right there attentive is which is seems more beneficial just in common sense terms okay then do more of it really you have to see we don't you have to get to know that it's really something valuable we're working with something that is infinitely precious but we're at the very tip of it it's like the tip of the iceberg and so we have to go so much on faith and conviction and what ancient people said and so forth but as you begin to taste it, it's really true. You see, you have to see both sides, that when you're not attentive, that often it leads into very negative 
troubled places. There's not, not much benefit to that. And that when you are right there, present, that it's really a superior way to live. You're more alive in that moment. Let me give you a, an example of a, a direct carryover from the whole body, this sitting that we've been doing towards the end here, of being aware of the whole body while breathing. That, um, as you do that, that ought to help you and carry over directly into just normal walking meditation. I've been doing this for quite a few years, so I have a fair amount of experience with this, this one in particular. Uh, the mode of attention is not focused like on a one point, nor is it panoramic, like just totally global. I'm, I'm talking about when you specifically decide to do some walking meditation, walking and breathing, but you're outside, going into Harvard Square or wherever. Just be aware of the whole body and just feel the breath wherever you feel it. When I do that, it's most prominent here, but I'm in touch with the whole body while doing it. And it's just a wonderful way to walk. You know, the body is quite alive as it moves, and sometimes you just feel as if you're gliding as you're walking. It can even be rapid and you'll feel it. It has nothing to do with necessarily with slowness. At the beginning, speed is very significant. It's significant. <clears throat> Later on, it's not, not as necessary because the stillness is inner. So it doesn't matter what speed you're going. So that's a carryover from this form of sitting. Try it. It's a, it's a form, the mode of attentiveness is not overly broad, nor is it pinpointed. It's essentially in the body while walking and staying in touch with breathing. whatever works. No, actually, sound of breath, uh, sometimes what is taught, I don't, I don't like to teach it, but you're welcome to do it. If you're having a very hard time with the breath, you can actually, uh, Ajahn Buddha Dasa in Thailand will start some beginners this way, who, have, who can barely find their nostrils. They're you know, just having a very hard time. And it'll be something like this. It's a little like yogic breathing, pranayama, that is uh, ujjayi. It's a form of breath where you, you're controlling the breath a bit and you're making the sound. I'm doing that intentionally. And so the sound is helping you. You're not only in touch with the breath, but the sound is another mode simultaneously. I just assume we... You're welcome to do it on your own time, but as you can imagine, it wouldn't go over too well in the hall. It sounds too much like snoring and... I don't trust myself. <laughs> Anyone learning about this relationship between the way the breath goes is also the way the body goes? Yeah. Right. 
That's right. That's <laughs> exactly that's that, that's what that is about in the walking meditation. Let the breath lead the way, and the walking kind of uh, goes with the breathing. And what you're pointing out, let's say if we go to the sitting, let's say some, let's say you have this thought about income tax. Maybe sometimes the breath has gotten very calm and smooth. Sometimes all it takes is one, in quotes, wrong thought, or one troubled thought. And you'll see the breath changes, and you'll also feel the body changes. And it's those, see, as you begin to learn, as it becomes explicit, we dig it out of the unconscious, the breath is definitely conditioning the body. I, you, I mean, take it on faith. You don't, I mean, let's take it as a hypothesis. This is America. We, we have to, in Asia, they just tell you, they lay it out and you just do it. Uh, and our job, it's been tested by, who knows, millions of yogis for about 2,000, over 2,000 years. Our job is to begin to see it for ourselves, because as you begin to see that the breath is a very powerful conditioner of the body, the quality of the breathing has an impact on the body. And then, see, we haven't gotten into the mind directly yet. But as if, if we have access to the breath, it's accessible. So that if, and we've, we've all seen probably that as if you can only learn how to pay attention to the breath, it changes. And it changes in a beneficial way. And as it changes, the body changes. And as the body changes, the mind changes. So we have an indirect way of mastering the body, not only in terms of health, but just in terms of the quality of energy and the, the transparency of it. And so it's a law of nature that's well worth getting to know because it gives us a handle. It gives us some way in which we can control our lives a little bit. You know, you're feeling the beginnings of extreme anger, especially as you begin to develop uh, confidence in the value of paying attention to the breath. You turn to the breath, and the breath becomes a little more calm as does the body, and the anger is gone. Craig, what were some things you mentioned in the interview? I'm sorry to use, sorry to use lower grade, you know, fourth grade techniques. <laughs> well, I was a gentleman for as long as I could stand it. Okay. Yeah. Just a few things, nothing spectacular, but you reported some things in interviews which are, were, I thought, helpful. Do you remember?
Mm-hmm. It's more full, rounded. Okay, now, could you see that the body was following from the breath? Yeah, it is both, as you pointed out last week. And for most of us, we're more sensitive to the flow going from the body to the breath, or from the mind to the breath. But, sorry, but this particular contemplation, what we're interested in is how the breath affects the body. See, we, we have more, more control over the breath, not by force, just by attending to it. So as we begin to see that relationship, then there's much more motivation and interest and we're actually able to affect the body through the breath. some of what uh, Craig was saying so that we don't lose touch with the main thrust of the Vipassana meditation. What we're doing is not anything uh, different than anything you, you've ever learned with any Vipassana teacher, school, retreat, anywhere. The key is the mindfulness, developing mindfulness, the ability to pay attention in the present moment. Insofar as the breath helps us do that, then it's in the service of the development of this practice. For example, uh, let's say you space out in a conversation okay, and you turn to the breath and it helps bring you back. So it help you be mindful, but it isn't necessary to use the breath. What's, what's really being asked for is to be mindful. If you're talking and listening, be mindful. If you're doing a task, be mindful. It's just that the breath turns out to be one tremendously helpful uh, approach helping deepen the calming, the steadying and the, of the mind and its ability to, to stay mindful. That's it. Its advantages are, are as simple as that. Right under our nose, just waiting. <laughs> Very bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Yeah. Um, anyone else? Anything on your mind about? Yes. Those are clear signs. Um, 
read something. Probably, how many people have read Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind by Suzuki Roshi? Sort of. When we practice Zazen, that's meditation. When we practice Zazen, our mind always follows our breathing. In this practice, in Soto Zen, one approach, the approach of Suzuki Roshi, uh, is very similar to what we did for this third contemplation, uh, being aware of the whole body breathing. That's the core of their practice. It's not just the stage, it's what they do. If any of you become very attracted to that, it can become your practice, but we're not going to be using it so much that way, and I'll explain why. When we practice our Zen, our mind always follows our breathing. When we inhale, the air comes into the inner world. When we exhale, the air goes out to the outer world. The inner world is limitless, and the outer world is also limitless. We say in quotes, inner world, or in quotes, outer world, but actually there is just one whole world. In this limitless world, our throat is like a swinging door. The air comes in and goes out like someone passing through a swinging door. If you think, I breathe, the I is extra. There is no you to say I. What we call I is just a swinging door, which moves when we inhale and when we exhale. It just moves. That's all. When your mind is pure and calm enough to follow this movement, there is nothing. No I, no world, no mind, no body, just the swinging door. So when we practice our Zen, all that exists is the movement of the breathing, but we are aware of this movement. Okay, it goes on. I'm quoting that for a reason. Uh, I mean, you may, it's a beautiful statement of what we're doing, this notion about there's no I. Even though this third contemplation is mainly about samadhi, it's also, if you recall, the Anapanasati Sutta totally matches the Satipatthana Sutta. I'm sorry if this sounds too pedantic or academic, but if you're going to be a Vipassana yogi, you ought to know the names of these suttas. This is uh, what all our practice comes from it. And in Satipatthana, you recall, there are four major contemplations. The first one is the body, contemplation of the body, contemplation of the body in the body. So in this first one, not only are we uh, uh, using this to calm the mind and study it, as we do in, in the Satipatthana Sutta, that's the first four are also samadhi techniques to begin with. We're using the breath to calm down and to steady ourselves, but also to begin to learn the true nature of the body. And so the breath is one way into that. Let me just hint at it, because we'll be doing much more work with it later on when, we're, when we move into the wisdom portion, using the breath to develop wisdom. Uh, one is just as Suzuki Roshi pointed out, when you look very carefully at the breath coming in and going out, especially as it starts to become more calm, there's no question that breathing is happening. But can you find any breather? I defy you to. And that's what he's saying. There's no breather. There's just breathing. Breathing is happening. Now, that is, uh, we're beginning to touch upon anatta in that. We're beginning to touch upon the absence of a solid self who's doing anything. 
but rather the universe is a process. There's nothing outside of the process. If you take yourself as a small universe, it's the same thing. There isn't a separate entity known as me that's doing the breathing, that's experiencing all this. There's just this undivided process. Moreover, and here's where I'd like to encourage you for the following week, the degree as you begin to see the breath as a conditioner of the body, and also the body as a conditioner of the breath, which you all seem to be better at. What you're beginning to see is that there's a law of nature at work. This is a natural law. It's not any self that's doing it. There's no self that's outside of that. We start to see as the breath gets soft, deeper, the body gets soft and deeper. If the, if the breath becomes very coarse, the body can become very uncomfortable and agitated. If the breath is, is very shallow, you may find that the body is very low energy and slumped over. And again, it can go the other way around, but beginning to see the intimate relationship, the lawfulness of it, can be a very major contribution to a standing anatta, understanding anatta. There isn't a self. What you're seeing is a process of cause and effect of everything being conditioned by something else. Nothing stands outside of it. It's just a, an incredibly complex network of interrelated causes and conditions. Depending on how you look at it, one thing is the cause and the other is the condition. So right now, we're examining it from the point of view of the breath affecting the body. But as we know, we could equally well look at the body and see how it affects the breath. But we have much more control over the breath. Within an instant, we can change the quality of the breathing by just paying attention to it. And immediately, the body will follow. And so as you begin to see the lawfulness in this way, the interdependence, interdependence of breath and body. The whole notion of cause and effect and conditions starts to become more palpable and real. And it makes your understanding, your approach to the understanding of anatta more concrete. As I say, we'll do more of that, especially from the 13th contemplation on, it starts to become very heavy vipassana, pure vipassana. And it becomes a, there's a very beautiful way to contemplate emptiness through using the breath. Both the emptiness of the breath and the emptiness of everything else. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.